0: Welcome everyone to the In-House Roundhouse where in-house lawyers, outside counsel and industry experts gather round to discuss current issues and best practices. I'm your host Mark Enriquez, a commercial litigator with Wombledon Dickinson. We have the privilege of recording today from our Charleston office. We are here with the global meeting of the Association of Corporate Counsel Global Board of Directors. And I've got one of those directors with us as our guest today. Dan Harper is General Counsel and Compliance Manager with GEA Farm Technologies. Um, He has spoken numerous times on a very interesting topic of emotional intelligence, which is why we've invited him to join us today. Dan, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, Before we get into the topic, Dan, can you give us a little more background about what GEA Farm Technologies does? I know they're a big company over in Germany, but
1: just tell our listeners a little bit about the company and your role there. Sure, yeah. Uh, It's a very large company. It's a global company. We make uh, many different types of manufacturing equipment. My division is the most interesting of all of those divisions. Uh, I'm involved in the milking and dairy farming industry. Which is a, a wonderful industry to be involved in. Great people, great legal work, and uh, good stuff going on out in the on the farms of America. That's great. That's great. And um, tell us a little bit about
0: your role. I know you've got uh, you know in terms of in terms of title, both general counsel and compliance manager. What, how big is your legal team, and what kind of issues do you personally
1: deal with? We have um, we have a global law department. It's based in Dusseldorf, Germany, which is where the headquarters is. I serve as a general counsel for one of the business units. And in that role, across the globe, we have, uh, I think there's 46 lawyers. We roughly divide them in half 26 to operations and related matters, and then the other uh, half of them work on corporate governance, mergers and acquisitions, things like that, non operational legal issues.
0: Great. You know, as I was getting ready for this podcast, I was looking at some articles and there've been a number of studies comparing lawyers to the general public and you know, they indicate that lawyers may not be the easiest folks to get along with. They tend to be twice as skeptical, one and a half times more impatient, four times less sociable, less resilient, very independent, um and so I guess that that in of itself made me uh, help understand why emotional intelligence might be a skill that's both important and sometimes lacking in lawyers. How how did you get involved in in this topic?
1: Golly, I I don't know how I got involved, but I will tell you what what triggered an interest in it. Maybe that's the same thing. There's a book by Daniel Goleman. Now, there's a couple of books by Daniel Goleman. The first one was called Emotional Intelligence, and it really looked at this idea of emotional intelligence from a uh, more of a scientific point of view, Uh, where some of the things that many of us kind of know innately, we know how to get along with people, they academically, or Daniel Goleman academically, broke all of that down into various components. As, As he deconstructed it, of course, it helped us, the reader, understand more and more about what the concept is. And then he put it back together in ways that helped us understand how we can improve our EQ.
0: Gotcha. Interesting.
1: Some of our leaders, probably the listeners, have heard the term emotional
0: intelligence or EQ, but can you give a definition or what, how you think of that term as we get started in kind of breaking down what it is and why it's important? Sure.
1: Well, if I have a one-word description, it would be empathy. But one-word empathy is not quite enough to describe the concept. So really, what it is is putting yourself in a position where you are analyzing your emotions and the emotions of those around you, those people with whom you're interacting, understanding how their emotions and your emotions will affect everything that you're doing. It, it's sort of the filter through which you, you will receive information and give information out. So it's not just understanding emotion then, it's also taking that emotion and integrating it into the way that you interact with people. And for lawyers, it's particularly important, as pointed out by you in the, in the first part of, the, uh, of our conversation. Um, there's really two more things that are involved with the concept of emotional intelligence and, un- and having empathy. It's also really listening to yourself and then regulating how you are interacting with people, both to perhaps temper or highlight your presentation, or to make it such that you're really reaching the person with whom you're speaking, understanding their perception, where they're coming from, what's on their mind, what bothers them, what's, what's going on in their day at the moment, uh, what are their business goals, what's happening in their, in their life, all things that will tend to influence their behavior and their decision-making, and those are things that we try and influence as lawyers. You know, I think it's interesting, given how much of our time as
0: lawyers is spent interacting with other people, whether it's a client or a colleague or a judge or an arbitrator or a lawyer on the other side, it's amazing to me that we have had, not had had much exposure to Emotional intelligence. I mean, I've been practicing, you know, for thirty years, and I've never been to a seminar on emotional intelligence, and other than kind of, you know, hearing about it, it's something that's not that much attention. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're <laughs> you're bringing some light to it because I think it's an area that people need to be more aware of.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you when we when we first, uh, my knowledge really stemmed from a presentation that that I worked on with some other folks, other lawyers, both outside and inside years ago and one of the things that we really realized as we were studying this was well first of all our goal was to take the information that we are gathering from daniel goleman and others and then relate it to the practice of law because it was never approached in that manner before so we thought okay uh, again for many of the reasons that you cited at the beginning here mm-hmm. we wanted to think of ways that we could improve our relationships with our clients and with other stakeholders outside people our bosses, the boards, the CEO, gaining a good understanding and a good handle on EQ will make you so much more powerful in your ability to influence uh, people with that you're trying to influence. Interesting. Well, let's jump
0: in and at least, I know we don't have time in the podcast to do a full seminar on emotional intelligence, but I think it'd be helpful to maybe share with our listeners some of the key components of it. I understand that it's kind of built around four constructs. Uh, Can you tell us what those constructs are and and what they
1: mean? Yeah, I sure can. The four concepts are really self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. Let me give you just a quick Yeah, that'd be great. Tell us a little bit about, yeah, that'd be great. Self-awareness involves the ability that one has to read your own emotions and recognize how your emotions are impacting on your behavior. So an example would be if I uh, had a bad evening with one of my kids and it really upset me and angered me. If I know that when I go into work the next day, and I'm, I'm still feeling residual emotions from that, if I'm, aware of my emotions i'm going to take a step back and look at myself and say okay i'm not in a good mood today i'm angry i cannot let that influence how i'm going to interact with the folks that i'm going to interact with today that's a very Mm. easy example of that right the uh the second construct is self-management and that's really doing what i just described and that is controlling those emotions somewhat Uh, but again recognizing them at first is the first step and then you can Mm. then you can control them then the other the other uh, the third construct is social awareness which is the ability that you have to understand and react to others emotions and where they fit in to the group that you're trying to influence so is it as we mentioned before is it is it the boss is it uh, a shareholder is it the, the board is it your paralegal or uh, someone that works for you or your outside counsel those are all things that impact on your method of communication and forming What you should say. Uh, And the fourth one is relationship management. And that's really bringing all of these things together and being able to be a good leader, which means inspiring people, influencing them, and developing them, in in my mind, uh, all the while you're managing conflict, because that's what we always, I mean, that's what our jobs are a lot of. uh, Mm -hmm. So those are the four constructs.
0: Okay. And that is interesting. You know, and I guess, and I want to, I want to maybe give our listeners some tips for, you know, how to use those concepts in practice. What's interesting to me is I heard you describe those concepts. Is we're so used to being very analytical in our approach. I think, you know, as lawyers, we go to law school, we understand you break down a component, you know, here's the fact pattern, here's the issue, here's the case law. You know, it's very much driven towards an A, then B, then C. And we're always focused on facts and law. You never, you know, the emotional standpoint of you or the colleague or the client is something that's never part of that equation around success in the deal or success in the litigation or or any of that. And so I think it is. It's, it's a different perspective than most lawyers are used to to bringing.
1: Well, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons it's really a good idea on your part to, to want to talk about this, to bring the message to folks. I think it is becoming something that people are more aware of. And, and mind you, as a lawyer in a company or really anywhere, you're not going to stop doing what you've described. I mean, we are still going to look at things logically and emotionless in certain respect in order to get that that objective opinion and really understand what you want to communicate then we get into how do you want to communicate it because always I think I think all of us as lawyers understand that one many times during a day we are trying to get people to do things that are either good for them or good for the company uh, for whatever reason and you just can't do that by commanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have to influence people to come to their decision. And mastering or at least having some understanding of the emotional aspects or level of that is really what is so effective.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I think that's a great, that's a great point. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, some some tips. So for folks that say, you know, this is great. I hadn't really thought about this, uh, this approach. If I'm trying to use those four concepts at work, can we talk about some tips? And maybe we'll just break them down and talk a little bit about each one. So sure. you talked a little bit about what self-awareness is. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us, our listeners, some tips for how to develop some emotional intelligence or be more self-aware?
1: Sure. And it's really interesting because many people know these things innately. But the beautiful thing about EQ is it's very different than IQ, your, your intellectual quotient, I guess that's what that stands for. Okay. Uh, your, your IQ is fixed, but your EQ can be developed. Mm. And you can get better and better and better at this simply by understanding little bit of the structure that goes around it and kind of put your mind into that set mindset so for example on the on the self-awareness i have some questions that are helpful to you when you're trying to decide what kind of situation are you in at the moment so what is my frame of mind am i mad from a, a fight i had last night with someone at home am i distracted by another matter i'm sitting here with you today and hopefully i'm focused on you two and we're having a conversation but and I'm devoting my time to it, but am I really thinking about my job back over here and worried about it and not giving him my full attention? I think you would be able to perceive that if I wasn't. If you were a client, you'd say, he's, he's not connected, he's out, he's, mm. he's, not, he's not paying attention. Uh, what is my relationship with the person? What's our history together? I work with people. My goal is to get to understand what makes them tick, what motivates them, where are their pain points? So as I get to know them better, both through the working environment and perhaps through other environments where we go out and have lunch or whatever, that's how I learn. That's how how that person gains trust in me. They learn how I communicate. I learn how they communicate. And it builds a very, very strong trusting relationship, which is absolutely essential for any in-house lawyer. Something that's maybe uh, not peculiar to me but is important to me in my relationship with my company is that it's a German-based company. Mm. And there are cultural differences that sometimes pop up that we have to be very aware of. And there's language differences. You can't assume always that all the word choices are the ones that you would use. So you have to figure out, well, what, what, what is that person trying to say?
0: Let me ask you about that, because yeah. I do think we've got a lot of folks that, you know, we're becoming an increasingly global world. We've got a lot of multinational companies do you speak german for example is that something that did you try to learn that how how do you deal with that language gap and the cultural gap what what are some of those tips cuz that that is a common theme i've heard from other folks that say you know i'm reporting to the home office in in brussels in tokyo and where you know and it's difficult to Try to figure out how to build that culture, which I guess, in a way, the EQ we're talking about is kind of a component of that culture. And Do we understand each other? Are we on the same page? I don't know if you have any tips for doing that on an international level, but that seems challenging.
1: Yeah, well, I think the most important thing is, uh, initially, is to respect the cultural differences. Respect, for example, in Europe, I think that lawyers are viewed very differently than they're viewed in the U.S., they have a different level of education. That's not to say they're not as well-prepared or as intelligent or capable as lawyers in the U.S. They are every bit so and perhaps more. But within the businesses, and I'm my comments are really more directed mm-hmm. to being in a, in a corporation, right. in Europe, lawyers aren't given what we call seat at the table as frequently as as they are in the U.S. In the U.S., they're a welcome, generally speaking, a welcome member of the leadership team. Right. So when you ha- when it's hard then to relate back to Germany and explain, well, these are the expectations of a leadership team here in the U.S., which are different than the expectations of a leadership team in Germany. Here's how I suggest that we meet their needs, and you, you kind of get the, Yeah, you move things forward in that manner.
0: Right. Okay. Now, that's a great example. That is. I interrupted you because I wanted to highlight that tip on international, but did you have other tips that you were, you were talking about? I guess one I had a question about, I've seen this term emotional ripple effect, but I'm not sure what that uh, means in terms of self-awareness uh, and being observant of that. Is that, can you share anything with our lawyers about that?
1: Well, I don't know what the official doctrine is on uh, on the ripple effect, but I think it's like many things where your impact on, you have the ability to impact far beyond your the people who, with whom you're immediately interacting based on the way that you are uh, if you're respectful and empathetic okay. you know with the people they're going to I got here. you.
0: So yeah. you're talking about so if you come in grumpy because you had a fight with the kids the night before and you snap at your assistant and she gets angry and then snaps at the associate you're working with you you may have set off a chain reaction in a negative way right. that then Everyone's having a bad morning because uh, you know it started out that way. And, and potentially on the flip side, you come in happy, appreciative, grateful, everyone feels good. and So that's the ripple. It's not just your emotions can be reflected and impact other people so you can get this either positive wave or negative wave.
1: Yeah, and I, obviously we, we shoot for the positive. Uh, <laughs> and that's, again, that's part of the self-awareness and the self-management is to remove yourself from your own particular circumstances if they're not good. And even if you have to act a little bit, you know, I'm not happy today, but I sure have to put on a good face for the rest of the folks. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do.
2: It really is the, the self-awareness. I think it's so great that that's kind of the, the, the first kind of foundational building block for all of this, because I think that if you ask most people, they're going to say, well, yeah, I'm self-aware, like, especially folks who are, you know, know what's going on. They, they're going to say like, yeah, I'm self-aware. I know when I'm grumpy. I know when I'm whatever, da da. But it, with the emotional intelligence, the, the focus is less about being aware of how you are right now, but how you are right now is impacting the outside world. Mm-hmm. Understand that you, what you are having, your emotional disposition is impacting the rest of the world. That's the awareness of it. Have that, That's the self-awareness aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I think that is a lot trickier than... You know, just kind of knowing, well, yeah, I'm grumpy. I know I'm not in a good mood today. And I think a lot of times when we are in that situation, we wind up doing stuff and then feeling bad about it and we apologize. And what do we always say when we apologize? You know, I'm sorry. I was I was in a really bad mood because of blah, blah, blah. We explain. So it's like we gets you to that next step, which is self-management. Well, you knew that you were, <laughs> you're saying your apology. You knew. So now, you know, and I guess to connect to that next step of self, Self
1: management. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think you've summed up uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way that it impacts uh, uh, the working world, but that was a good summation on it. Yeah. Um, well, let's. That that is. So
0: no, I think that's helpful. So you've talked a little bit about some self management uh, strategies. Are there other things that either from experience or some of the research or data, you know, would suggest are helpful for our listeners to think about when they're? You know, trying to manage it. In other words, if you realize you're angry or upset or in a bad position, what choices do you have? you you' you shared one, which I think is important, which is act like you're act like you're happy, even if you're not. Kind of act through it and hope to get some ripple and rebound that finally you can feel the way you're acting. Are there other 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 ideas?
1: Yeah, I think it's very important to listen and really, really, really pay attention to how other people are behaving and listen to what they're saying many of us feel like we're listening, but we're not really listening. Um, You want to be present with that person at the moment, in that moment, so that you are really, really understanding where they're coming from. And, you know, this conversation can be very, it is often unusual with lawyers because, as you mentioned earlier, we're not into addressing or analyzing the emotional aspects of it. That's for other people to do, Mm -hmm. you know, but... It's so important to understand that we're all people <laughs> and we don't shed our humanity when we go into the, in, into the workplace. We still need to be able to interact with each other and influence each other and empathize and, and be compassionate. One of the things you asked for a couple of uh, tips and one of yeah. the things as we, there's a whole host of examples that I could give about and, and where those different examples fit within the constructs. But I think uh, one of the most helpful Data points, I guess you might say, would be when you're talking about the relationship management part of the construct, there's so many different things. Like you want to figure out, okay, I'm doing some work for somebody. The decision I'm going to make is going to impact on that person. How is it going to impact on that person? Is it going to make them look bad? Is it going to make them look good? Is someone going to get fired? someone going to get promoted? Budgets, things like that. We can't make decisions in a vacuum without considering these things because, again, we're in in a network of people and we're all connected by these various relationships, I don't know, uh, and you tug on one of those relationship strings, it has impact elsewhere.
0: That's helpful. We talked a little bit, I I wanted to move ahead to social awareness, and I think we've defined that as understanding other people's emotions, and I've seen some tips on on that area, too, in terms of understanding what's going on. And I guess, and I'd like you to address some, because I think there are things that are often blind spots for some lawyers, things like body language, Uh, listening you just mentioned is an important one, if we're trying to develop, and and obviously... Social awareness and empathy seem to go hand in hand. How should lawyers think about that,
1: that social awareness piece? Well, it's knowing all of the players involved in the issue, whatever it may be, and knowing what your role as well is, uh, their roles and your role within that relationship. Um, that's really important. And then you want to be, as you're sitting there providing uh, advice, you really want to understand that, or you want to make sure that the words you're saying are aligned with the behavior that you're exhibiting. So no one can see us now, but if I'm busy looking out the window and, and prattling on about these things, one would might look at me, obviously, and say, well, you're not really engaged. I mm. can't really trust what you're saying. Uh, but if I'm sitting here across the table, I lean in and look at you, I talk to you, I'm, I'm, I'm generally, you look at me and you say, but this guy cares about what I'm saying here. That's, that's social awareness. The responsibility and the accountability is also a very big part of that because th- there's always people that are striving to do better in the organization, very ambitious people, and there's other people who don't care. And of the ambitious people, some people will do anything to get ahead, and other people <laughs> right. will you know, kind of do it the, the nice way. You want to know about those traits and those people because what, how you interact with them is not only going to in, or, uh, excuse me, affect Their decisions but it may affect their decisions as it relates to you so at the end of the day you know the goal here is for us not only to give great legal advice in a way that's understandable but also to advance our own ability to render that service in a much more professional way so in other words learning these things and being open to other people's feelings and and emotions and situations is going to end up making you a better more successful lawyer
2: if you, you might be right, but if you're presenting the information in this very aggressive alpha position and you're not reading the, the, the other person or people, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. They're not going to take it in because what you're putting out, the way that you're putting it out is, is putting them off.
1: That's true. And someone who would be exhibiting that sort of behavior would be someone I would consider to have a very low emotional intelligence quotient. Mm. Um, They are going to fail. Their relationships are going to fail. Unless, of course, now I I spoke maybe a little too quickly, but unless, of course, that person has done the analysis, uh, is self-aware, knows what's going on in the mind of that person, and feels that I must be aggressive here in order to get the point across, you know there's a caveat but that cannot be your default you have that has to be a thoughtful commitment to that particular style of communication not because you you're not controlling your emotions do you have suggestions
0: stand for i guess as we become more aware of others we'll probably perceive people that have that low eq you know that are just proceeding ahead acting without you know any awareness or concern for other people if we're trying to do, be thoughtful about it, do you have any tips for dealing with those people, the, the ones that you know, seem blind to it and are you know, trampling everybody else or ignoring other people's
1: emotional reactions? Any, yeah. any
0: advice there?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna apply some of these emotional intelligence tools. First, I'm gonna to try to understand, I'm socially aware, where are they in the organization? Who are they? Is it my CEO? Mm. Is it a line manager? Uh, I'm gonna treat them each with respect, of equal respect because they deserve it. But I may approach the issue, well, I'm going to approach it differently depending on who it is. So I might suggest to someone, have you thought about this? Uh, have you thought about handling it in this manner? Have you thought about trying to help them make that choice on their own? Sometimes you have to pull them aside and have a conversation. And honesty, uh, honesty is an underlying theme of all of this. You, you always want to be forthright and open and uh, that's how you build trust. So, hopefully, you would have that relationship with them. Um, sometimes you can't do anything about it. And you just have to do what you have to do to survive in that situation and hope that perhaps that kind of behavior will be noticed by those that can make a change. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha.
2: Have you ever, I'm just curious, have you ever suggested to someone that they should uh, seek some emotional intelligence development and and how have you if so how have you approached that because I think you know so I think that that alone can be a very kind of like right, what are you talking about well, yeah.
1: well I think a good way to do it is is through self-deprecation and a, a little bit and to suggest that that um, you know I've, I've I've just read a really interesting book or I've been reading about this book and it I, it just fascinated me and it was helping me understand how my interactions beyond, you know, what I say, but how I say it, how it impacts people. And um, I think it would be really interesting if you read that book or looked into it. I mean, I, I, it might be helpful to you. Or I might sit down with someone who, and this happens frequently, uh, someone will come in and they want to talk about really not a legal issue, maybe they're having some trouble. And I will go through sort of this analysis emotional intelligence analysis that we have and ask them, kind of walk them through that. Well, how do you feel about it? How do you think they feel about it? And it's not really, uh, uh, you know, and how did you react? And, and how do you think it may have been perceived a little differently if it had been presented a little differently? Those kind of things. You ask those questions, that helps them think through that the next time around. So they'll get better at that. And uh, that's a good way to do it at getting anybody mad.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good tip. Um Dan, are there any real-life examples you can share where you've used some of your emotional intelligence knowledge to help you in in your role or or deal with it in work that might serve as an example for some of our listeners?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to first thing I'm going to say is that I don't think you ever turn it off. So, when you walk in the morning, you should always your operating system should be such that you're paying attention to how you feel and how others feel. I mean, it just, it should become that regular where you almost steal yourself before you start encountering people and say, okay, here's, here's how the day is going to go today. Here's how I'm feeling. And here's what I have to do. Let's make sure that we do it right. Let's make sure, you know, we go through the, right. okay. kind of the pep talk.
0: So it really is, it's a daily mindset. It's it not is. a, I'm going to pull out my emotional intelligence tool, right. to, tool today for this problem. And I, that's
1: a good distinction. I, and I, and I can tell you, I mean, I've, counseled people, I, I've, I've always been in small departments, so the scope of my duties is very broad. So I've, I've had issues that I've had to go into a warehouse and talk to uh, folks whose language, first language is not English and talk to them about very sensitive issues that may have come to my attention. Uh, not at my current company, but there was, a, for example, an incident where there were rumors that a baby had been sold uh, by one of our employees through our through our warehouse network, wow. uh, not not by the company, but the person in there, mm-hmm. and and so that was a very alarming thing to have heard, and because it involved the company and people in the company, we had to conduct an investigation. And so when you sit down with folks who are in the warehouse, they're very very nervous, very nervous. If English isn't their first language, that's the first indicator. Number two. You're the lawyer, quote-unquote. Lawyers don't talk to people unless you're in trouble or something bad's happening. So in order for you to get to that point where you, you have to engender or foster a trust between the two of you, and uh, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, but trying to climb inside the mind of that person is what you do.
0: No, I think, I think the, the idea of trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and have that... Try to build a rapport and relationship with someone that is in a very different position. It's a good example of of that emotional intelligence piece. So I, I think that is that I think that's helpful. I know we're almost out of time, Dan. Are there any final tips or suggestions that you want to give? And and, and I guess if people want to learn more, what would be some resources that would be available to folks if yeah. they're there, you know, they
1: interested? There's some there's some really good resources. Uh, The first one that I would recommend would be Daniel Goleman's first book called Emotional Intelligence. He has a second book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. That may not have been written by him. It may have been written by another author, I'm not sure. The books are not difficult to read. It takes this ephemeral notion uh, and puts it into words in a structure that makes it easy to understand and thereby very helpful. Um, Also a a super good uh, resource would be the Association of Corporate Counsel. Um, We have a program that's run, it's a certification program for in-house counsel. It started overseas uh, in jurisdictions where there's not a clear, or it started in organizations where, in locations where lawyers were were not regulated very well. So the companies that were hiring these lawyers needed to know that they had met a certain minimal standard. So, and they, they approached ACC about it and said, hey, can you help us determine which lawyers are suitable for practicing in-house and we can and we do now we offer this certification program folks who are listening can go to acc.com and look that up and uh, i would urge them to do so i think we're bringing that program to the u.s uh soon as well so something to keep your eye out for great no
0: that's a helpful that's a helpful tip uh, in terms of people that want to engage in those programs i think that's a terrific that's a terrific option all right. And if, if our listeners want to reach you, Dan, or have questions for you, is there good uh, is there contact information if they want, or do you have any speaking engagements or social media they should follow you on? Uh,
1: yeah, you can, re- you can reach out to me uh, through the company or through ACC. My email address is dan.harper at gea.com. I have a, uh, a blog that uh, hasn't been freshened in a couple of, uh, in some time, mm-hmm. but there's some decent articles on there, I think, about some of these topics and topics like it one that we might consider soft topics but topics nonetheless that i think are valuable to to lawyers the in-house perspectives from an in-house counsel uh is the name of it great
0: okay no that sounds good and right up uh you know for listeners that like this podcast and want to get um, more tips i think that's a good resource so i appreciate you mentioning it dan All right. Well, I want to remind our listeners, you can also find previous episodes of the In-House Roundhouse and subscribe to the podcast either at our website, womblebondickinson.com. That's all uh, one word. Or on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or SoundCloud. If you have questions, you can also share them with us. I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter at CLT Lawyer. Um, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, This has been the In-House Roundhouse. We will
1: see you at the next station.